Do you feel stuck? Has your podcast stopped gaining new listeners? Do you wish your community was more engaging? I know that a lack of engagement can make you feel like nobody cares about your podcast or nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but in most cases, that's simply not true. It's more likely that your loyal listeners just haven't found you yet. Your artwork, your titles, your descriptions haven't done enough to catch their eye. Now, I'm not here to sell you on an easy button. There will be some work involved, but the first step is to get another experienced set of eyes on your project. It can be difficult to objectively examine and evaluate your own work. So head over to thepodcastersguild.com and book a podcast audit. From there, we can work together to make sure your loyal listeners are able to find your show and understand why this is the show they've been looking for. Join me at thepodcastersguild.com and we'll get started today. Yeah, so this is something that is really cool that nobody uses. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I, I think it is. I started reading a little bit more about it, and that's why I want to get your, your explanation of it. Podcast Better is for you, the podcaster, or soon-to-be podcaster, who has a business, a cause, or a hobby that you're passionate about. Each week, we'll take a closer look at the mental, physical, and technical skills necessary to produce a quality show that your fans will want to listen to. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me so that we can podcast better together. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Podcast Better. Today, we are talking about Podchaser. You've probably heard me mention it in a sentence like, go leave a rating and review on Podchaser. But Podchaser is much more than that. Even if you're a Podchaser user, I hope you'll stick around for this episode because I think you'll learn about a few new features. There are many facets of Podchaser, but not many of them are well known. So let's dig in. Uh, My name is Bradley and I live in Oklahoma City and I'm one of the co-founders and CEO at Podchaser. Podchaser is a what I would consider a social database for podcasts. Fair enough. I, I like the use of the word database there because the one thing I always compare it to, and I, I've actually, I think I've seen, started to see it in some of your official like social media accounts and stuff, comparing it to like the IMDB of podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. IMDB is certainly a, an inspiration for the beginnings of Podchaser. It all kind of started with my, my personal frustration with podcast discovery specifically via people like who's who's a guest on what who's a host who's the producer who's the editor and when i went searching for that information personally i couldn't find it so decided to start a company that that's exactly how i started a lot of my own stuff it's you go looking for something it's not out there you're not the only one looking for it guaranteed so uh yeah that makes a lot of sense and how long ago did Podchaser start up and you, you started to answer this at least but like why was it created? Yeah, so quick background. Basically, I have a background in sales, door-to-door sales. It's actually door-to-door manufacturer sales. So going to big factories and selling random weird things to them. And I was in the Midwest at the time, so I was in Indiana and Kentucky. So I would listen to podcasts all day because Mm -hmm. I had to drive all day and started really falling in love with podcasting and was learning so much and kind of hit a wall to where it was just difficult for me to find 
more podcasts, but it was also difficult for me to qualify podcasts. And it always seemed like the best way to find something was on Twitter or from a friend. It just seemed kind of inefficient. So I posted on the podcast subreddit and really just asked the question, is there an IMDb for podcasts? And if not, does somebody want to build it with me? And that's that's how I found my co-founder was on Reddit. And he is Ben. He's our CTO. He's in Melbourne, Australia. And uh, we still never met each other, which is hilarious. <laughs> and we just started building Podchaser around 2017. Okay. And we, we bootstrapped it for over a year. I, I wasn't full-time at Podchaser until 2019, I believe. Wow. Um, and then we started raising some funds. And then we just recently uh, closed on our a large our largest round to date which is four million dollars in january and here we are today so yeah thanks thanks reddit for <laughs> helping me start a company that's awesome yeah i i saw that round of funding and i'm like wow that i they're not going anywhere soon uh they have oh. some money to play with so yeah they can play, stay and play and uh we, we can see many more great things from you hopefully something i want to cover though is who do you think in your mind, at least, who is Podchaser for? <laughs> uh, that's a really difficult question. We, man, I'd say my very lazy answer is it really is for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. We've we've put a lot of thought and focus on podcasters. Uh, I'd say if I had a off the top of my head, I think forty percent of our users are podcasters. Okay, so we do have a lot of podcasters uh, on the platform, but. The idea here, it's kind of a two-sided relationship. The The better engagement we have from podcasters, the better their credits are, the better they engage with with the database side, the better the experience is for listeners. So I'd say to be more specific, podcasters and people who work on podcasts in general are love our website and use it often. And then listeners, and I, I wouldn't say casual listeners, I'd say prosumer type people who are really into podcasts who want to build giant lists with thousands of podcasts of everything that they've ever heard. They want to do a better job of cataloging and tracking their activity. The same people you find on Wikipedia or Goodreads or IMDb, like the kind of obsessive fans or obsessive listeners of podcasts. I'd say that those are our main two audiences. And then more recently we are, we're interfacing a lot more with PR firms and marketing agencies and kind of all the people who touch and interact with a podcast because that's that's our goal to us. Our job is to make it easy and efficient to collect and organize data and then let people utilize that data in many, many different ways. But what's powering that whole data engine, it comes down to those uh, super fans and podcasters. So, So to dive into that a little bit more too, like you mentioned the data and the database a few times. Where do you generate all that data from? So it's crowdsourced. Uh, Almost all of it is crowdsourced from fans of podcasts or from podcasters themselves. Uh, We just passed over 10 million credits. And that's why this whole thing is really hard. Because crowdsourcing is is a really good way to collect data. And and most of IMDb is crowdsourced. Wikipedia is crowdsourced, which always blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, for free like doing this and finding those people and attracting them and making the experience really seamless is is challenging and we're not the first company to try to do this in podcasting there's been a history of of uh the imdb for podcasts that's that's 
goes back till I think like 2012 or 2013. But I think we got lucky because this kind of explosion of growth and awareness around the industry happened when we start really started getting going. So yeah, to answer your question, it's it's from people. It's crowdsourced. So just anybody can log in, create an account, and add information to the database. Yes. However, everything that goes to the database is is checked. We okay. built technology around ensuring accuracy and ensuring people aren't being stupid. <laughs> and so uh, everything is checked. And that's part of our tech is making that process extremely efficient, extremely quick. And we tend to have really good turnaround times. But we do have a mixture of robots and humans checking checking the work, basically. Okay, that's always good to hear. Because, yeah, I, I know I've seen that, that I can go and add something. And sometimes it feels like it's added instantaneously. And sometimes it feels like there's a bit of a delay. And like I can go back and check and it's like, there is some message in there that kind of seems to indicate that there is some sort of validity check going on in the background. Yeah. And that was crucial to us. We, if we just open things completely publicly, it's going to get abused, which is really annoying. Mm -hmm. So we, we uh, decided kind of early on that for our website to be useful, you have to trust the data. It has to be pretty darn accurate. So moderation was a, a really important piece of building out the website and something that we're kind of obsessed with. And we do a lot of cool tech stuff to make that job easier for humans and kind of marry the the machine with the human to make decisions really quickly. So yeah, moderation is every single credit goes through a moderation process. That's awesome. Your process, whatever it is, is a whole lot simpler than than some of the other ones I've I've tried to go through. Like I've looked into submitting information to IMDB. And right. they have a ridiculously complicated form and I've tried submitting stuff and it comes back with errors every time. I've never, I still have yet to <laughs> su- successfully submit anything to IMDb and I just don't get it. But what I've done yeah. with Podchaser, I, I've added credits all over the place. I, I love it. Great. Well, that's good to hear. We are, we're definitely not happy with the current state. Well, we're never happy. So um, it's good to hear that, that, you are, and we're doing a ton of work this year to make the process even faster and more efficient and fun and gamifying it a little bit. So we're going to do a lot more to make that experience great. So keeping track of credits is one thing. That's that's something I love because I love having one place I can go and see everything I've done and just showing off to other people. It, it kind of essentially is a resume at some point. Mm-hmm. My podcasting perfect, resume. Perfect. You've got my marketing talking points for me. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's something that I think is gonna come in super helpful. Like you said, as podcasting is exploding right now, mm. I'm I'm surprised more people aren't using it. But to be honest, when I first heard about Podchaser, I kind of wrote you off because I didn't realize everything that it could do and what right. you were trying to be and that type of thing. And so that's part of the reason I want to get the word out about this. But Beyond just the credits, like you have a lot of other features on this site because it's not just about going up and looking, okay, who is this guest or what episode were they on or what other podcasts were they on, which is great, but you can actually listen to all the podcasts right there too, right? Yeah. um, You can listen to podcasts. You can create custom lists. I really think we were the first podcast company to give power user experience for list making you can export episode lists as an RSS feed that auto updates. You can bookmark episodes and make that an RSS feed. Can you explain um, what that means? The bookmark episodes. 
Because it's so, def- it's definitely not what I thought it was when I just heard about you know bookmarking episodes. I'm like, you save your place where you stopped listening. Yeah. So this is something that is really cool that nobody uses. Um, <laughs> but but something- I, I I think it is. I started reading a little bit more about it, and that's why I want to get your your explanation of it. Yeah. So on Podchaser, when you bookmark an episode, it's added to essentially a bookmark list. So you come across an episode, and you're like, oh, this looks cool. Uh, you can bookmark that episode to listen to it some other time. That um, automatically gets stored in a list in your profile. Now, that's great by itself because you now have a running list of podcasts that you want to listen to or podcast mm-hmm. episodes. Um, you can then export that list into your podcatcher or your podcast player. And when you bookmark something on Podchaser, it automatically updates that RSS feed so that when you're on Overcast or Pocket Cast or whatever whatever you use, you can kind of have that ongoing bookmark list. So that's a really cool way to build a custom playlist of episodes that interest you as you come across them on the internet. And like I said, I, I think RSS feed is a is a confusing set of words. Very much so. Yes. Like what does that mean? And so we're trying to figure out how to make that more approachable and more just easier to explain. Because our like we it's definitely used by like again prosumers who are like oh yeah i'd love to export my rss feed and know what opml means but most people (laughs) don't know what that means so we're trying to make it more approachable but yeah um list building is something that i think is incredibly powerful uh through through podchaser i would agree that that's something that i think could go a long way it's going to have a lot of potential but i honestly speaking from my my experience i think the the bookmark term is a little confusing like I, I'm just thinking from the way you explained it, it's either a custom RSS feed if you know what an RSS feed is, mm-hmm. or you're creating a playlist, right? And, and like that, I mean, people are so used to that term from the music industry, from Spotify, all that type of thing. Like you just add it to your playlist so you can listen to it later, and like right. that that makes sense to me. I Definitely. like I said, the the bookmark thing was something that confused me from the beginning, and I just ignored it until it, it wasn't until like two weeks ago when I saw either a little blurb or an article about it, I'm like, Oh, that's what that is. Yep. And I, I became a whole lot more interested. It's kind of how I thought about pod chaser from the beginning. I'm like, okay, you can make lists. That's not something I'm going to do very much, but cool. But then as soon as I learned, Oh wait, it's credits. Oh, I can connect all my podcasts. Oh, I can like make, have this creator profile of everything I've ever done. And then it, it's such a little thing, but it's always something I like to see. It's like how many like days I've spent podcasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's a ridiculous number, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it all that little those little details are there, and then finding out that I can create uh, creator pages for other podcasters if they're not on there yet, yep. and start marking all their credits. Like, yes, I enjoy this. I I will help put these together for people. So that that's that's a whole nother level thing. But so bookmarks love that feature. I think it's going to be huge once you get that figured out and get more people on it. But would you say that's one of your favorite features or do you have a different feature that's your favorite? My favorite feature? I really like user profiles. It's not really a feature. I guess it's a feature, but you can go to a person like me. My username is B just the letter B. (laughs) You're the founder. You can do that. Force our CTO to let me have that. And you can look at everything I've ever rated, all the lists I've ever made, my my top eight, which is a funny MySpace throwback. Mm -hmm. See My my Mm -hmm. favorite eight podcasts. And you can really quickly get a sense for 
what I'm into and what I'm like. And you could probably find several podcasts you've never heard about, hopefully, and dive into somebody else's playlist or somebody else's podcast personality. So we're doing a lot this year with that to, again, more gamify the experience. So it's right now there are there are some user profiles on Podchaser that are fascinating, like some audio drama, obsessive, like incredibly detail oriented people who spend hours and hours on Podchaser every day, annotating, collecting and organizing a very specific niche. Okay. Uh, a lot of it's an audio drama, a lot of it's in true crime and finding those is, is can be a challenge. And so one thing that we're working on is tastemakers in general. So by tastemaker, I mean, you should be able to quickly on Podchaser find the 10 people who are the most obsessed with audio dramas. And then I guarantee you that's going to be the best way in the world for you to find new shows to listen to on yeah. an ongoing basis. So we need to gamify that process so that all the ratings and reviews, all the credits, all of the lists they've made within a specific subgenre, they, they get credit for it. So essentially, they become the the mayor of true crime or audio drama or whatever it may be and surfacing that quickly to new users because once people find those pages they become like fans and and taste making and podcasting i would argue doesn't exist still mm-hmm. um it's still it's still kind of hidden in in twitter threads or reddit posts and it's not something that's um there's not like an ongoing taste making process ratings and reviews in general in the industry currently are not not very useful or they're not as useful as as the tomato meter or the imdb ratings yeah that you have for tv and movies so we're we're really excited about uh users and and using users because it's word of mouth which works but being able to marry word of mouth with tech and have seven thousand people follow that one very specific niche tastemaker is is really exciting so i i always love that like i I always love finding those podcaster users and following them and then getting updates on what they're listening to or what they're into. And they're always way ahead of any chart or any, any like public sort of ranking system. And I think that's really exciting. It makes you wonder how those people are finding out about the new podcast. Cause I, I think you're right that Podchaser is going to be the way to find new content when you're looking for it, as far as podcast goes. Cause I would agree that, searching through podcast directories i have not really found new shows that i'm interested in it's either recommendations for other people or i have found a few just surfing on Podchaser, and 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 few clicks down the rabbit hole and you know you find something you've liked and i think like i said if you find those people and can promote those people who are in specific niches that could be very useful i could see that happening yeah i i'm super excited and i'm we we do have a ranking system that's nobody knows about. Yeah, <laughs> um, I <laughs> do tell. On the user profile page, you can see the number of ratings and number of reviews they've left and it ranks the user. So I think I'm I think I'm like I was number 1 for a while, but now I think <laughs> I'm like number 8 or something. But like people just blow me away like I can't keep up with some of these users, which is which is great. And just having that that leaderboard functionality and that gamification process I think is going to really bring to surface a lot of these people. Um, and then of course our feed feature. So when you follow that user, whenever they do things and you go to your personal feed mm-hmm. on Podchaser, you'll see um, what they're up to. And I think that that's a, a pretty unique thing that we do as well. So, and then I should also mention ratings and reviews. Like we're, we're obsessed with ratings and reviews. 
our kind of thesis here is we're not doing anything. We're not, it's not rock science. It's a five-star scale. Uh, what I think is unique though, is that we allow for ratings and reviews on episodes for episodic content and even for serialized content. I think that's very useful being able, you can right now you can go to like reply all and sort, sort the episodes by top ratings. Okay. Which is, which is actually a totally different data set than top listens, which is interesting. Um, so like you, you may assume that the most popular podcast episode is the best, but that's, that's not the case usually because the, the most listened to episode is so much bias. It could be, it could be SEO. It could be, uh, just like a hot popular topic that's going along, but it's not necessarily that qualitative piece. Is, is really important along with the quantitative piece. So one thing that we're doing that we're really excited about with ratings and reviews is we have a, an API that allows an OAuth relationship with apps so that you can link your Podchaser account in your favorite app and then start leaving ratings and reviews without leaving Interesting. Um, seamlessly. So that sort of like that sort of ubiquitousness I think is really important to have ratings and reviews outside a single platform, mm-hmm. but have them all aggregated into into one number is super exciting because you get you get a more diverse, accurate data set for how good an episode is or how good a show is. And so we're launching that um, April for with the first app, and then we have several other apps that are developing that currently. So I think that's going to be really cool. So along the lines of ratings and reviews, I, I, I'm going to throw this out there again. I've mentioned it on other episodes of this podcast, but the best thing about Podchaser is it's platform agnostic. Yep. And so everybody is always worried about, well, I don't have an Apple device. And I'm like, well, technically you don't need an Apple device to leave a review on Apple, but it gets really complicated. It's not fun to do without that, yeah. that Apple device. So I understand, like, I always direct everybody... If, you ha- if you're on Android, go to Podchaser. It's a website. Everybody can do it. it there, there's exactly. no question asked there. And so, that, that, I mean, I'm, I'm considering just moving everybody over to Podchaser and say, hey, just leave reviews there. They're, they're going to be the top of the charts soon as far as podcasts go. It's, so I, I love seeing my, my reviews climb over there. And yeah, I do have a few people who regularly leave episode reviews. Yep. And, and that, episode ratings, I love that. And, and, yep. and you can you can reply to them as as a host and, mm-hmm. and have a, a interaction, which we're again something else we're going to be doing way more with is is having like your people hanging out on your podcaster page and discussing uh, on an episode level, but also on a podcast level. So our reply to reviews was kind of the first stage of what will end up being more of a discussion, a back and forth. Okay, but it's really interesting. A lot of podcasters are like, I don't want that. Uh, like I hate ratings and reviews. I, it gives me anxiety. I don't want that experience. It's just going to open us up for attack. And I don't want to reply to people because I'm just going to be mean because someone's going to leave me a bad rating review. So we're, we're being very mindful of that, of how to, how to make it to where it's not just like a screaming match. Like that's not what we want. But if, if somebody leaves a, a review on, on this episode and says, you know, Bradley's a horrible, terrible person and he like murdered 10 people you'd like the ability to reply and say, that's not true. <laughs> like, that's, that's not true. Yeah. Um, and at least defend yourself or your guests in some capacity. I think that, I think that uh, with current other rating systems, you can't do that. And so it can become very frustrating. It's also very commonplace in like, like Airbnb, like y- your host can reply to yes. reviews to say like, Hey, like this isn't true. <laughs> this, this is not true. And they get to give, the ability, at least the ability to defend yourself in some capacity or to hopefully more commonly say like, thanks for the kind review, I think is pretty important. 
And I think over time, as I said, as that conversation develops and is able to open up a little bit more and get more back and forth, that's going to help build community. And that's something that I know a lot of podcasters struggle with because there is no native platform for that right now. Everybody's like, well, you have to go create a Facebook group or a lot of podcasters will like send us an email and we'll reply to it on the air. But that there's so much delay there. There's no really back and forth. It's like, okay, week to week, you can send us email every week. But if we read it or not, or if we get it or not, if we reply to it or not, who knows? And th- there's just not the level of community that I would mm. hope to build with any product. So I think yeah, that's something think, that'll come. I think I agree. I think that there's so much value in having your community or your interactions with listeners being tied to an archive um, in a database. Uh, so like Facebook groups is an incredible product. Sure. I think they're, they're very sticky. They're very effective, but you can't like tag a clip of a podcast in line and like, listen to the snippet. Like you can't, there's things that you can do, like you said, kind of natively to a podcast experience. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree. I think, I think community building is something that we're, that's happening organically through Podchaser, And we just need to build more tools to, make it easier wonderful i'm glad to hear that you're on top of this and we all seem to be on the same page here and i i just think Podchaser has a very very bright future that's why i was thrilled to see that you got some funding and then i i don't know how much you want to uh talk about recently acquired some new i I don't know if they're full companies or websites or whatever but if you can briefly introduce me to those in uh maybe why you acquired them, if that's something you can explain. Yeah. Um, so we acquired pod charts and pod Rover, uh, last month, this month, recently, recently. And, um, they're, they're both sites are made by the same person. His name's, um, Cesar is awesome. It's Italian. Okay. And he built these services to aggregate charts, uh, chart position, chart updates for podcasts on Spotify and Apple. He also, so that's what PodCharts does, it's its namesake. Mm-hmm. And then PodRover is an aggregator of ratings and reviews from from iTunes mainly, or Apple Podcasts, and um, I believe Stitcher. So I don't think they're doing ratings and reviews anymore. Yeah, and there's Pod very Chaser. few that do. So the reason we, we wanted these was there's a lot of data value to historical charts. And unfortunately, there's not a great way to get historical charts if you're not already tracking charts. Sure. Um, so that was valuable to us as far as, you know, we're always obsessed with as many inputs as possible into the popularity and engagement with the podcast over time. So uh, internationally too, like know, knowing the popularity of podcasts within specific countries has a lot of value to us, but then ultimately just giving podcasters more tools and insights. So the, the goal here is, and this will be inside the Podchaser experience eventually soon will be you can get notifications of your chart position in Podchaser, get an email or however you want it delivered okay um, so to know when you are rising up in the ranks in a specific genre and then making the experience prettier uh having a better ux having prettier graphs just a more intuitive experience is something that we know a lot of podcasters always want and so we're bringing that into the Podchaser experience. We, we're just trying to give more value to podcasters, basically. That's kind of why we did it. Awesome. Well, Bradley, I think we're going to start wrapping things up here. Do you have any final words for podcasters, podcast creators, or producers, editors, hosts, listeners? Uh, anything you want them to know about Podchaser and what's coming up? Yeah, if you're a podcaster, make an account. It's free. 
doesn't cost anything. It's fun to to build your credits page if it's not already built by somebody else. If you're a listener, uh, follow me on Podchaser. My username is B. I have like a little lizard face. That's my my profile picture. And yeah, I think make sure to subscribe to. This sounds so markety, but it's true. Subscribe to our newsletter that you can subscribe while you're signing up. And we're going to be releasing so much functionality and, and cool, exciting features all year. Keep an eye out for the pod charts and pod rover um, functionality being being integrated into the Podchaser experience. And we have some big announcements coming this year with with uh, larger platforms about our credit system, which is going to be really exciting. So my point there is make your credits now because um, you're definitely going to want to do it later. So go ahead and get a head start on that and um, have fun. Wonderful. Follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter is really there. You weird. go. Yeah, yeah. Drop any social or anything you want. Yeah, at Podchaser. Follow us there. All right, sounds good. Well, Bradley, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a blast. I'm glad to see that Podchaser is alive and well, and you have a lot of great things coming in addition to everything you already have out there. Thank you for doing what you do, and uh, hopefully, we can talk again soon. Thank you. It was fun. First things first. Go make your creator profile on Podchaser and add all your credits. As Bradley said, they're starting to integrate with some of the big names in podcasting, and soon you'll wish you had your credits page ready to go. Then, I would start encouraging your listeners to join you on Podchaser. Not only can they leave ratings and reviews, but they can start to discover new podcasts, discuss individual episodes, or simply follow you to see what you're creating and listening to. I truly believe that Podchaser is going to play a big role in the future of podcasting. It's time to get aboard the hype train and tell all of your friends. That's all for this week. We'll talk soon. If you're starting a podcast soon, you're going to need a podcast hosting company. For that, there's only one company I recommend, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has a clean, user-friendly interface. Their system is set up to walk you through every step of the process you need to set up your podcast. But if you ever get stuck, I'm more than happy to help you out. Buzzsprout also has the best customer service I've ever experienced, so even if I'm unable to help, rest assured that your problem will be handled. You can try Buzzsprout free for 90 days to see what it's all about by using my affiliate link. Just go to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. That's thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. If you use that link and choose to upgrade to a paid plan, Buzzsprout will even send you a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid month. It's a win for everybody. Let me know if you have any questions, but head on over to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout today, and I can't wait to see what you create.